0: hi i'm jake parker and this is my podcast beyond fit my goal is to help you live a happier and healthier life by providing actionable knowledge and advice about a wide range of health and fitness topics you can find me most active on instagram at jakeparker.fit if you want to connect or just see what i'm up to Hey guys, today on the podcast, you're gonna hear my friend Mitch Harb and I. Mitch, interestingly, is one of the first people who actually drove me to start an Instagram page, share information about what I'm learning about health and fitness and nutrition on my own. He always inspired and gave me the message to not have to be perfect and just go ahead and share the things that are working for you share the things that you're passionate about, and don't feel like you're a fraud just because you don't have all the answers as long as you're honest about that. So I'm very grateful for Mitch for being one of the people that inspired me in the beginning. We kind of talk about the beginning of our relationship a little bit here, which I think we first uh, met or came to speak a little bit on Instagram in 2017. So it's been quite a long time that we've we've known each other now. Um, I think that in reflecting on the whole journey of sharing on Instagram, starting a podcast, trying to educate people, trying to learn more myself and again just share what I'm learning and the things that I know to be helpful to me. It's funny when I look back and think, man, like starting a podcast was this big thing for me and it was it made me nervous. And I guess in the back of my mind I always felt like it was going to be this huge deal and I was going to be big and famous, you know, which seems silly to say now but it's funny how your mind can play so many tricks on you thinking on the one extreme oh this could be a huge failure thinking on the other extreme oh this could be huge and like i said you know make me this big this big star or whatever and i think that your expectations always want to go one way or the other like that but usually the result is somewhere in the middle and i think it's nice for me especially to always focus on just the labor of love that is doing this podcast and sharing information, and knowing that you are entitled to the labor, but never to the fruits. So, not expecting some big result, but still being able to engineer things that you want that are relatively realistic as well. Basically, nothing is ever as bad or as good as you think, and you have to just stay committed to your purpose, to your goals. Why I started this in the first place, one big reason was because it's going to help me to learn more by talking to other people and by crystallizing my thoughts and sharing them. So look to people to inspire you and always remember that anything you're going to strive for and put effort towards is going to be a net positive. If, if nothing else, it's just going to help you learn more about yourself and grow. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Beyond Fit Podcast. My guest today is Mitch Harb. He has been on the show, I think this will be your third time on, and it's been a while. I'm thinking it was at some point last summer, so it has been a while since we've caught up, but Mitch was one of the first people that I found doing kind of the whole Instagram thing and found his podcast at the very, I guess, sort of the beginning of a big transformation I had, which was just going from all this bro-science-y magazine type stuff into finding out more about evidence-based training and then finally getting to the point where I felt confident about wanting to share my knowledge about that sort of stuff. Uh, But Mitch is one of those people that I would say that I I really followed your message of just, you know, you don't have to know everything to start sharing what you've learned. And so that was very impactful for me and something I still try to embody. But uh, uh, just because we haven't talked in so long, I'm curious, what's new with you? Uh, If you want to kind of, it's been since it's been a while since you've been on, refresh people on who you are, what you're about a little bit.
1: Yeah, man. I know when, uh, we were just talking and you're like, Oh, I graduated in 18. I was like, well, dang, you know, when we started talking, it was probably like 17, which is,
0: yeah, it was, it, I remember it was my last semester of school. Mm-hmm.
1: Nuts that that time mm-hmm. flew by. Uh, but yeah, man. So Mitch Harb, uh, easy wins, Mitch, that was kind of where I started out the whole easy wins philosophy. Um, and, probably about a year, maybe a little longer than a year ago. Um, my my good friend from high school and I, uh, he moved back after physical therapy school. And, you know, we reconnected and we were kind of working on things, just trying to help each other out because it's like, hey, we're mm-hmm. both interested in the same stuff. Let's help each other out because we like hanging out anyways. And then, you know, it kind of started to build and we're like, man, what are we doing? We're we're spending all this time trying to help each other out. Why don't we just help this one cause? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was when we started High Def Seattle. And, uh, you know, it, it's cool to see where we're at now because when we started, you know, I left my full-time job and and I remember having conversations like, I don't know how, you know, this is kind of scary. You know, mm-hmm. it was, going, it was, it was Rocky at first. And then uh, he was at a PT clinic still. Um, and then eventually left that. And then we were both, uh, I remember it was like, we were just happy to get 10, 10 sessions a week. Mm-hmm. You know, that was awesome. And now, you know, we're, we just hired somebody. Uh, we're looking to hire another person and uh, our schedules are crazy and it's just like man it's cool to see what some consistent easy wins will will Mm -hmm. build up
0: yeah yeah that's cool that's what I was most curious about was the high def because I I think that it was definitely I don't know about shortly after but sometime between the last time we did a podcast that you um, started in that direction so that was cool to see and to me what most jumps out is I've checked out your guys' stuff a little bit and I I like that I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of like you are the more hands-on personal trainer fitness person where he's more focused on like rehabilitation, um, the structural kind of stuff, like obviously like a physical therapist would. So that's cool how you have the two sort of differing but complementary uh, areas.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the there's, I mean, there's a whole lot of benefits, but basically what I saw was most people will need physical therapy, but uh, just won't go get it. And, Mm -hmm. and most trainers not are not required to be doing the things that a physical therapist would do. And it's so much easier for me to get a client in and say, Hey, go talk to Zach. He's, you know, he's right here or I'll get you guys connected versus like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you should go find a, you should go find a physical therapist like that. It's just never going to happen. So it's cool to see them get the care they need. And then on the physical therapy side, you know, when you're done with physical therapy, there's a reason you got into physical therapy. Typically, Uh, you know, sometimes it's a freak injury. Even then it's like, well, what do we need to start to work on, you know, to make sure it doesn't happen again or give us the best chance. And you typically need someone's help with that. And a physical therapist isn't going to see you for four years. Right. So, when they discharge you, like they need someone to like, you need to graduate from physical therapy and and move on. Uh, Mm -hmm. And typically he would see that not happen. Right. Cause then you'd get the same people back. So um, it's just been smooth transitionally. And then, you know, you throw the nutrition piece, like most people can need help with their nutrition. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's just a, a, another lead stream.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious, like, what are what are the, some of the biggest things you try to coach people on? And what is, I don't know if you have a sort of avatar that you look for, or that's more common for the people coming in, whereas, you know, some people are more about, I want to help the more advanced people, like, you obviously have more advanced knowledge, or is it more meaning people who are, like, beginners, really not knowing much?
1: You know, we we just started to define this, and really, because at the beginning i'll be honest you take whoever you can get right right yeah everyone wants to say like i only want to work with this person it's like well Mm -hmm. when you need when you want some money like i just want to help everybody um so now that we can be a little more um you know choosy with who we get we're all about like like we've got we've got nfl athletes we've got uh people who are retired like women who are retired and it was funny because i had some clients that are like well are you gonna like stop working with us because you know you got these guys and they're mm-hmm. like no what we look for is the that growth mindset right because there are nfl athletes who don't really want to do anything they don't mm-hmm. care
0: they're just like ultra and- ultra talented and have let that carry them
1: Yeah. And then there are, you know, general population people who don't care either. And that is who we don't want to work with. So I don't care if you are retired. I don't care if you're overweight right now. I don't care if you're an NFL athlete. If you are looking to get better, like we want to work with you because that's what's fun is Mm -hmm. coming together and just building. You know, because in physical therapy, like it gets, you put all this work in and you can just see like, they're not going to do what what needs to happen to get better. And this is a waste of our time. Mm -hmm. Same with training, same with training. Yeah, They're they're not going to do it. And it's, it's not going to make us look good.
0: mm -hmm. I think another interesting thing is like, you know, some people, if they've, if they've really had things dialed in, Like people like you and I might get a coach because, you know, you want to eke out a little bit more muscle or you want to optimize mobility, strength, you know, some sort of specific goal. But yet there's some people that have leaps and bounds to make still where if you explain how macros work and you explain how different foods, you know, react for different exercise purposes and stuff like that, or just how to get better sleep, how to recover better, just explaining these big rock principles that are going to bring you up to, like average or above average capability and understanding, I think those are both really interesting areas to look at, and I think that it's funny you mentioned the athlete and like the uh like general population person because I've thought recently about how funny it is that people try to separate things so much where oh, this person's an athlete, so I shouldn't do what they do or you know, because whenever I think about okay, what are some general things you need to be healthy and fit overall, you have to have somewhat of a grasp on macronutrients and food composition and stuff like that. You have to exercise daily. You have to get a, well, not necessarily daily, but a regular exercise routine, have a little bit more mobility in there. We all want to be a little bit more muscular and strong for a couple of different reasons. And the thing is like what athletes do is not totally separate on the broad spectrum from what a regular person needs to do just to, just to be healthy and feel good.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent, man. I mean, that like we we try to get that across to the general population is like you should train like you're going to do this stuff that doesn't mean you have to necessarily go compete in it right Mm. you should just still complain or come you should still train to be an athlete but you don't necessarily have your livelihood, relying on
0: Mm-hmm. I actually have kind of a funny personal story sort of along those lines, like something that I've thought of a couple of times. I've thought about doing um, a little book that kind of explains what has driven me to where I'm at with my fitness now and why I care so much about it, things that I've learned. And it's funny because I can remember when I was like 15 or 16 getting really into lifting weights, I was taking weights in school And I remember I dropped that to just work out on my own because my mindset was like, oh, I don't need to work out like an athlete. You know, I don't need to do a bunch of squats and bench presses. Like, I just want to be big and, you know, have big muscles. So I need to go and I need to do more curling and more arms and more stuff I see in bodybuilding magazines. And it's funny because if I look back, the advice I would give myself was stay in weight training with, you know, those athletes and football players and do compound weightlifting and try to eat more. I was always really neurotic about nutrition. And I think that's also kind of a product of marketing where it's like, if you don't eat clean, you can't get in shape, and so, I think that it's funny how some of this stuff comes full circle
1: man. What I notice more and more on the on the nutrition side is that it almost seems like the people who need to eat more are the ones who are so concerned about eating too much and mm-hmm. then eat way too little and and vice versa, you know the people who really should eat less are the people who are like. Eating way too much and just snacking all day, and it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a tough it's a tough place to be because it's two strong pulls the wrong way.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that what's also interesting is for me, it was also super impactful when I started understanding and being explained macros. But that also can, I think, kind of be something that takes too much of a precedence in someone's mind. Like, oh, I have to hit my macros and I can fit in all these different foods. To me, once I was tracking macros for long enough, it started to become more of a process to track things. And so I started to lean more of like, okay, there's a few different staple meals that I eat and maybe they change a little bit. But I know that if I eat these similar meals and I eat you know, three square meals a day. That's another thing when you talk about snacking that I find impactful for myself. And that I think that most people would benefit from is like, try to stick to just like I said, three square meals where you have, you know, a macronutrient balance of some sort. But I think what gets people in the, in trouble is like, oh, I had a, I had a bar or I had this or that for a snack. You know, I had a handful of almonds and that's where the extra few hundred calories comes in a day that really adds up.
1: Yeah, and you know, I I think creating a some type of schedule or format for for mm-hmm. someone is beneficial because like for me, and this is why anyone we work with, we send them like a sample day. Here's a successful day. So do that successful day, and then when things are a little weird another day, just compare the two and see what you need to do right like like Mm -hmm. yeah like you said eat three square meals that's all i do okay but today i had this snack because there was this thing for work Mm -hmm. well then i should probably subtract those calories from one of those other meals you know and like Mm -hmm. that's when it gets simple but you have to you have to eat to that like schedule first
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and or on a day you know say you're gonna go to like a huge dinner out for some event or you're going to go eat at a buffet or something like a buffet style thing that's when it's like okay well i shouldn't eat a big or like a hearty regular breakfast and lunch because i'm going to be way overfed for the day so thinking about things like tapering that back and sometimes it seems simple um when i'm thinking about some of this stuff but then i try to think back again like what what troubled me so much for a long time was not having an understanding of this stuff and there's still tons of people out there it's the majority of people think like i used to think you know, there was almost a black and white of these foods are healthy. These foods are not, I lost, lost my microphone, but like the black and white of healthy and not healthy and understanding that's based in probably information that's supposed to be helpful, but it definitely can lead people to just a lot of neuroticism around food.
1: Well, and I think what, what I see is people don't have this, this, uh, long-term vision right where a lot of people think that they eat this one thing or they do that like everything's gonna change and it's like man mm-hmm. even to actually get fat like takes a little bit of time like can mm-hmm. consistency and so like 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 you're saying with the neuroticism of eating i i think a lot of people are so afraid to eat too much that they end up just eating way too little. Whereas mm-hmm. it's like, because they have this fear of they're going to get fat. Whereas it's like, man, you almost have to like, just trust the process. And that's why I work with someone is it's so beneficial. Cause it's like, you know, I, I had a client, a newer client, younger, you know, probably 25, um, skinny, skinny guy wanted to bulk up. And, you know, we were just working on training, not nutrition. And he was like, asked me questions he's like dude i put in this calculator see how many calories it said i needed to eat 2500 calories that's insane i was like sounds probably right maybe a little low even you know Mm -hmm. if you really want to get big and he's like what and it's like just people just have this skewed idea um on food majority Mm -hmm. of
0: people And I think it. I I was uh, checking out, you know, some of your recent podcasts and I saw that you interviewed Adam from Mind Pump and something that comes to mind for me is uh, I've spoke to people about how I've battled in the past that neuroticism around food, but it's typically something that's more often attributed to women just because it seems they kind of come up in more of like a, you have to be skinny, you know, that sort of like mindset. And I heard um, it wasn't Adam, but I think it was Sal talking about training women clients and the benefit of going towards a performance um, goal for a set period of time where you, you want to let's work up to this weight in a lift or let's work up to x or y performance goal because kind of switching where the mindset is will allow them to not be so caught up on food oh maybe i do need a little bit more because i'm trying to trace this squat pr stuff like that just switching your goal in order to switch where you highlight things in your mind i guess
1: yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty common that if you have this focused on performance, like that is, you know, body composition tends to come with it. You know, like none of these NFL guys are really trying to look shredded, you know, and doing mm-hmm. all this stuff. It's just a product of the way they have to perform. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean you want to think about food being healthy or unhealthy i just thought of how uh marshall lynch the famous seahawk like he's the guy who'd eat skittles on the sidelines so if you can do that during the game you know people should realize it's not all about this healthy or unhealthy paradox that we try to flesh out
1: yeah absolutely
0: so uh for yourself what besides growing the business which obviously takes a lot of your time what are things that you've been working on recently have you had to switch goals as far as you know being holed up more inside and stuff like that or is there any books that have really been impactful what else has been I guess going on in your life
1: uh you know goals wise I think it's really about and I've been reading a few different books that are more centered around just like getting more focused you know I think before and and I don't think it was a bad thing but before it was like let's just do it all and Mm. now it's like i think that was a good strategy let's just do it all and see what starts to take off what you start to gravitate Mm. towards to um and then run with that so you know that's kind of what is is has happened is like well you know at one point i was doing my own podcast was was posting a ton on every platform you know was doing my own stuff here and and, and all of this and and now it's like yeah our business is taking off and i'm really just focused on the clients that we work with um getting the message out there building the brand because we want to make it apparent that it's not mitch and zach it's high def mm-hmm. um and then, you know, just being a business owner, we've got an employee, so there's learning things about that, and mm. that takes a lot of effort. And uh, then, as far as books, man, I mean, uh, I read, I just started Essentialism. Have you read that?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I've heard of it. I've I've heard really good things about it. Like, uh, author Greg McEwen, I heard him on Tim Ferriss. Really good.
1: Yeah, yeah. It. I mean, just right off the bat, it's like... A lot of things that you think about, but it just puts in good terms about just like you know, and you'll probably catch yourself doing this stuff is it's like you don't have to do what's most what someone tells you is most pressing, like do what's most important. So just mm-hmm. because someone sends you an email today, like is that most important? What's the trade-off of focusing on that? And then, you know, I read like the one thing recently mm-hmm. as well, and um it just really talks about like getting focused
0: and mm-hmm. I think that yeah, look, check this out. I got it right here. I keep the, I keep the cover facing cause I like that how he kind of says, use the book to question yourself.
1: Dude, that it's a great one, but I mean, especially now, you know, like more and more people want to um, ask to collaborate on this thing. And, and they have mm-hmm. these questions and it's like you could just spend your whole day just responding to emails and things like that. And it's like, oh, what about uh, the things that actually generate cash, you know, mm-hmm. or what is, is alive? So um, that's that's a big learning process. But I mean, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I like to
0: I like to try to think about, and this is a really a really good diet analogy to me too, is thinking about the eighty twenty principle in all the areas of your life. So if someone's not familiar, it's essentially as a diet principle to make it very simple, like 80% clean, natural, whole foods and 20% kind of whatever you want. If you know, if you have some things that you enjoy, that are more calorie dense, calorically dense, less nutritious, throwing those in there, but you can put that 80 20 towards, okay, what I've heard the business terminology a lot of times, like what 20% of your effort is driving 80% of your success or, you know, in cash income, stuff like that. And thinking about that in all areas of life, what's the most impactful versus what could I cut out? And it sounds like that's kind of the idea behind that book essentialism too.
1: 100%, 100%. And you know, it's, it's a, it's going to always be an ongoing thing, but I think I like with your, with you keeping the book there is like, you just kind of always have to mm-hmm. like question
0: and keep that. Mm-hmm. mind. That's the thing I've noticed about books is ever since picking up a reading habit, like, a couple of years, maybe two, three years ago, it's like, I've read a lot of books, but then I'll think about a book that I read like a year, year and a half ago. And it's like, it's, it's hard to remember all the things that a book tells you or like all the lessons that you gleaned. So for me, it's important to just continue reading books. Like it's not, you know, just because you read the one thing once, yeah, it's got a lot of key information in there. And if, if applied every single day, it can be effective, but it's like, is it going to be one of those things that it's, comes and goes like you forget to put that stuff into action or you try to do stuff like, you know, going back and looking at your favorite pages or for me, I think there's so many good nonfiction books out there that I just try to pick one up and read every day. I don't think it's as important, you know, exactly what it is as long as it has a positive message. Like one thing that people will say about nonfiction, if you have like a criticism of it, it's like, Oh, it's eventually all the same stuff. And it's like, yeah, it kind of is to an extent, but because we're people and there's so many things, in our environment and society they're pulling us in a negative direction how nice is it to be able to pick up a book and just get yourself going in a positive direction in that way
1: yeah and and i think you know you could hear the same thing 17 different ways and that 17th way actually sticks with you Mm. and then you actually do it so like i said with essentialism it's like i mean and i just started it but i'm reading things i'm like yeah, I've kind of heard this. But, mm-hmm. Oh, you you say it that way with that analogy. I'm
0: yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's like even those two books you mentioned, like the one thing and the things that are essential, they're very much tied together. But it's it's interesting to just because these two guys have had such different life experiences. I'm sure, like you said, they explain it different ways, and it kind of either this ticks or this doesn't, or you compare and contrast these ways of doing things. That it's it's always interesting to me. Yeah. Well, and
1: also it almost leans into like, like this started from what I read, it started to talk about how like the author was a people pleaser, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, he talked about, uh, and how that doesn't help anyone. Like he talked about a story where his kid was being born and they had a meeting for business
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: he thought like, Oh, I've got to do the business stuff Mm -hmm. rather than what's really essential and because he was scared to lose the business and he wanted to please the person. And it turned out when he went there, the person was so disappointed that he would choose a business meeting over his family that they didn't want the business. Mm-hmm. In either. in So like you get nothing, but I'm like, now it's even less about business and it's more like, you know, your life lessons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, like a really good overarching just life philosophy is I try to think of You know, if there's a negative situation that, because I can definitely feel a victim of being like a people pleaser, that definitely is in line with my personality a lot of times. And so something to kind of counteract it for me is just thinking, okay, I want the best outcome for everybody. So even like being honest and having a hard conversation, whether it be with a business partner or a girlfriend or something like that, even though it might be hard in the short term and might kind of sting and, you know, be tough. Everybody knows those conversations you're doing. Yourself a favor and the other person a favor in the long term. So even these short term painful discussions or realizations that you have to have, you got to think about the long term again. Like you mentioned earlier, I think that that can have so many implications in life. Just the long term vision.
1: Hundred percent, and and that's practice too. You know, like that's something. There's plenty of times where I feel like I'm I have that same philosophy and I just won't do it. I'm like, damn it, you know. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's easy to be an armchair expert. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. And, and so goes back to the point of the benefit of reading these books because you think you know it, but you got to hear it mm-hmm. all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. So one other question I had based on something you said earlier is I wanted you to kind of touch on, describe more. You said that your business is high def. It's not mission's act. So why exactly you say that? And what does that mean to you? Uh,
1: you know, I mean, our, our goal is, is to scale. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, it's, you know, and, and some people have different goals. Some people want to just do their, their thing and call mm-hmm. it good. But our, our, our goal is to build this big brand and really make a huge impact. And there's only so many hours that Zach and I can, can do. There's only so many people that we can see. Um, and so we want to create this brand so that we can, hire someone else and people are gonna mm. know that you're getting high def you're not not oh well i only wanted to work with mitch now i gotta work with right. this. But like, as much as we can create get away from that you know obviously there's gonna be people who we know and they just that's just what they want to do but mm-hmm. as a whole like we want to hit this like we and, and and at the same time because zach and i don't just want to be a trainer and a therapist, right? Mm-hmm. So like, we want to be the best and therapist we can be, but we also want to be the best CEO, the owner. We also mm-hmm. want to be the best, you know, manager and and things like that. So um, that's, you know, we, we just have this entrepreneurial um, uh, spirit that we want to fulfill and, and work on. So mm-hmm. that doesn't just come with, the training side um mm-hmm. so that is that is a, a it's like
0: our goal it's like not everybody can be like our guy gary v you know just posting his face 24 7 on instagram and every every social media just being like the guy like gary v's the brand
1: right right well and you know i think there's there's routes right because like mm-hmm. yeah he kind he kind of created this brand of himself and did that so freaking well that he was then Mm -hmm. able to just open up like all these other brands. And now people want to go with them because of him. Whereas, yeah, we're just not those, we're not that guy. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's like getting away from that. And, and at the same time, like, you know, the businesses are a little, little different because um, he's not, working one-on-one with people either mm-hmm. so like like basically if it was like VaynerMedia I only want to work with Gary Vee you know like, mm-hmm. like, then it would be like okay I've got to do somebody you know right off the bat he did the same thing like you're gonna get to work with everyone who I've shown the way.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so for you speaking of that that essentialism concept, that one thing, what are the most important things when you look at your business that you have to do or that you and Zach have to do together or just things that you try to keep at the front of mind?
1: Like for the future or just daily? Yeah. I mean, just
0: like, what do you see as, I mean, obviously you kind of touched on like there's impactful things you can do that don't bring in the income. So is there a thought of like, if I'm not spending a good chunk of my day working on this, then I don't, then, we can't continue to grow towards our vision or what are some of the biggest things you try to focus on?
1: Well, I mean, right now it, like I typically narrow it down to, and this is outside of just like the, the number one main thing is developing and and bringing in the best product every day. So like, Mm -hmm. that's what I always try to, to get through people's minds is like, I'm not, going to bed early because oh you're just like you're, you're you know you're so boring or whatever like mm-hmm. i'm doing that because i look at myself i look at zach and i as a professional athlete right i gotta go in and perform at the highest level that i can so i gotta do certain things to allow myself to perform at the highest level so the number one main thing is the product you know if if i'm out drinking every night you know not sleeping not eating eventually it's going to show in the product and the business is going to start to decline so Mm -hmm. number one main thing is making sure that i am at my my top game at all times as much as possible and that you know we talk about that gets tough because like sometimes zach and i were like all right we've had like 3 bangs today like we can't keep doing this you know so we've got to like got to like find a way to do all this in the healthiest way possible too um but after that you know business wise one thing that we've made a huge point of is going along with making sure the product's the best it can be is to continuously be learning right i think i see a lot of people lose that and it's easy to lose that because you get busy, and it's like I know enough now,
0: but yeah, or like wanting to feel like you know everything, but trying to keep the realistic perspective that no one truly does.
1: Yep, yep, hundred percent, hundred percent, and and so then it's easy to just be like, I'm over it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think that we just do our best to stay fresh, you know. Like right now, I'm I'm in uh, almost finished, uh, the Mac Nutrition University, and that was a year long program. So it's been every week, not only am I training 40 hours working on the business, like I got this program that I'm in into um, trying to finish up and then, mm-hmm. you know, constantly reading too. So, I mean, that's a huge piece. And then outside of that, you know, content is probably the, the other big focus um, just making sure that we're, staying relevant and continuing to get the brand out there. Um, and then, you know, there's tons of little, little business things, but mm-hmm. I, I think those are, those are the top, top three that, that we try to focus on.
0: Yeah. I think that first thing you said there is so key and it resonates so strongly with me is just cause I think that it's another situation where there's a parallel between fitness and life where it's not just working hard, Like you, you can't just work 10 hour days, seven days a week, because you're going to start to have a diminishing return. You're going to burn out. Like for me, and I'm sure it's the same for you. Like, it's not that fitness always has to be the top priority. Like you have to be a hundred percent on your game and, you know, always making gains and making changes and setting PRs. But fitness is one of those things that's just so refreshing. I'm sure that you agree. And like getting eight hours of sleep, whereas maybe in the past I would have been someone who said, oh, getting over seven hours of sleep is lazy but then not thinking about, okay, on the whole, I can sleep seven hours and just let's say easy example, work uh, 10 hours instead of nine, or I can sleep eight hours and then work nine hours. But maybe there's more effective effort in those nine hours because I slept better. And so just thinking about life as a whole, and not just thinking about just the simple work time Where, where it's back to a fitness analogy. It's like where I was falling short in the past is I always felt like I gave it all. And I always felt like I was just crushing it in the gym and I was working, you know, quote unquote hard, like my workouts felt hard, but that's not always what's going to lead you to the most effective result downstream. So that's another good fitness lesson turned life lesson for me.
1: hundred percent. One, one quote out of that essentialism book, just cause it's on the top of my head is be effective, not busy. Mm-hmm. You know, and that goes with everything it is like, Yeah. You can go work out for three hours every day and probably not get anywhere, you Mm -hmm. know, versus one focused hour programmed correctly. Like that's, what's going to do it. And, and same thing. You can work an all nighter, but what are you really even doing those hours? Mm -hmm. I would rather get to sleep and be effective, but Mm -hmm. it, it takes work to make sure you're, on your game to be effective Mm -hmm.
0: that's what's so bothersome to me about the corporate culture like i sort of started to hit my toe in that water and it was just eventually very shortly after school i could tell that that wasn't the environment for me because it's definitely changing to the credit of just the corporate world as a whole but it seems like still the overarching focus is like, oh, are you working eight hour days? Are you in the office nine to five? Are you working, staying after five to work harder? And it's like that sort of stuff seems prevalent, which is just like the most frustrating thing to me, because again, it's if you want to keep on track with this conversation, it's like, okay, is, is, are those, is that one extra work hour or is that butt in chair for nine hours essential? no, it's just one of those things that kind of goes back to status or just wanting to seem like you're working hard, seem like you're grinding for like one of the common words.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I saw it all the time and I, I never understood it. It's like, yeah, you're here. You're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, you're here. You're talking to someone else for 30 minutes. I was there. I I was like a eight hours flat clock in clock out whenever mm-hmm. right? I was working. But I was working all those times and I and I was like because of that I'm out of here. I'm not just going to sit around just because it looks good. You know, I never I never understood that and that's why like you said, I didn't really fit that culture because none of that made sense to me.
0: Mhm. So I'm curious like for you, what are some of the things that either keep you mentally fit or physically fit, especially in those weeks or days where you don't have as much time to focus on yourself. So like, is it simply doing some bodyweight exercises or like, are you close enough to the gym to get in and do weightlifting workouts a lot? I know one example that pops to mind is I like, uh, how you on your Instagram. I always see you doing your, your food prep and the emphasis on how simple it can be. And you're one of the people who reminds me constantly that it's important to prep that protein. I'm like the same way on Sundays. If there, if nothing else, I'll make some chicken or protein or whatever, because it's so much easier to throw with other stuff. And that's just an easy way to throw your diet on, on a cruise control, essentially.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's been the main thing is like just ha- like doing whatever you can to, to be prepared. So yeah, with the gym, luckily, you know, I'm at the gym, so it's easy to kind of find that time you know Mm -hmm. i'll hit it right after this client just bust it out and you know luckily i'm a trainer so i know how to program something effective um but outside of that the the diet piece is is big um and just doing whatever i can to be prepared and set myself up for success so like you know i did it yesterday yesterday is I was I was out for the weekend wasn't able to do it on Sunday went to the store I got turkey burgers and salmon stick the salmon in the air fryer for 10 minutes cook the burgers on the stove for 20 you know mm-hmm. I made like 10 of them and I'm done in 30-45 minutes and that there's my meals you know now when I need to eat it is three minutes. Put it in the microwave, get my veggies ready, you know, some type of salad, maybe some rice or some fruit or something like, mm-hmm. and this, that's where so many people go wrong is if I didn't have that ready, oh, what am I going to do? Oh my God, I'm hungry. All right, let's just go somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and, or or they don't eat or they eat something insufficient. So, that um you know on top of that like staying fit and this is what i tell everyone is like it's i'm staying fit in a way that it's something i want to do you know i enjoy it Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: for someone else like they got to find that thing you know another thing that i've done a lot since it's been nice out is just go like shoot some hoops, man. And that's something that I enjoy. So it's, it's a lot easier when you enjoy it. And same with the protein. I enjoy those meals It's a lot easier when you enjoy it. So obviously it's taken me time to find those things, but I would Mm -hmm. recommend finding those things and don't think you got to stray away from them. Like find the things you enjoy, go down that route.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And I think an interesting note on the enjoyment, if anybody listens to the podcast, I'm always talking about Mike Matthews, one of the guys that really turned it around for me as far as explaining fitness. Um, he has talked about before on his podcast, how uh, I think there was like a study maybe that they did with people where they tried to get them to eat foods that they said they didn't like. And then it was like something along the lines of they did it for a set period of time and they rated how much they liked or disliked the foods. And it was like, if you ate this food consistently enough, you began to enjoy it more. So I think it's most tangible with your fitness example. Like, is, is it, is it really that you, I mean, you do like to work out, you enjoy it, but it's also been something that you've done for so long that it's become an integral part of your life. And you know, that you, you, would be so at a loss without it, because you wouldn't feel good physically, you wouldn't feel good mentally. And so it's probably a lot of like positive feedback loops that say, Oh, yeah, this is good. I like this. Whereas it's not like, I think a good example that that gets reiterated a lot in the fitness space is, I think that it's, I I, again, as far as the hard work thing, I don't think that you should pound workouts every single day when you're not feeling it but there is something to be said for going and doing a workout when you're like, I'd rather stay on the couch, you know, but then you go and you do it and you're like, Oh, I feel great. So it's like, it's not always intrinsically enjoyable at the time, but overall, you know, it's going to make you just a better person overall.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, what I would say is the the body just wants what's familiar. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes you have to go through a period where you make something familiar. And, and I also think like, in those moments, I always think like, okay, yeah, this may not sound good. I'd rather sit on the couch. Well, what sounds a little better than that? You know? So like mm-hmm. finding, finding that balance, um, cause is going to get you to do it. Like for me, for meal prep, there's people who go crazy with it, you know, prepping mm-hmm. everything, got it all packaged up in their containers. That doesn't sound good to me. And I, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't really do it. So what sounds Mm. good making the protein sounds pretty good. I can do that. Um, and I do, And you know, sometimes maybe I'll make a little more, but finding that balance, but yeah, people need to understand, like, there's going to be like, I don't think you're going to show up to a workout one day and well, every single day since I've always wanted to be here, you know, like Mm. you you got, you got to go through that. Uh, familiarity process.
0: And it brings to mind for me, another important note that can tie back to the beginning of the conversation about being able to kind of be flexible with your diet. Like we talked about, Oh, I, I don't usually fit in a snack, but I fit in a snack this afternoon for a work party, or I don't usually eat a huge dinner, but I'm doing that tonight. And so being flexible with like, and so I think a detriment in the super serious meal planner, okay, I got breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack Monday through Sunday. Well, then what happens when you have An extraneous event, you can go crazy because it throws everything off. And so, I think there's an added benefit that might be even better, like just prepping the protein than like prepping the protein, carb, fat, source, vegetable, you know, whatever it may be, because you you develop such rigidity that you can allow for flexibility. So it's almost it's almost like you get more for less in terms of okay, I have an idea of what this is going to look like, but I can be flexible with it in the in the meal planning sense
1: right well and also i mean for me when when something is set in stone for a while like you you start to like not want it just because it's set mm-hmm. in stone right? so like god there's my lunch you know burst is like i could turn a turkey burger into 10 different things yeah that's I could, like what i was gonna say too you know so it's like that's why i, I kind of just like to leave it open and then like you said with the carbs maybe someone had a donut at the gym they wanted to give me and I'm going to have that. And that's good. That'll be my carb instead of, you know, whatever I had. So mm-hmm. I just, I just like to leave it open-ended but take care of what's probably most important, which is your, your protein. And then and it's hardest to get.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, making burgers is that's a good point. I do that a lot too. Like if you make, eight turkey burgers or you know beef patties it's like yeah it can be a hamburger or whatever but it could also you could mash it up and it could be taco meat you could mash it up and put it with rice or you know it could be a, you could mash it up put it with your omelet it could be tons of different things so that's what's good about adopting 100%. that flexibility mindset
1: 100 percent, and it's just so easy
0: mm-hmm. and i think that another interesting note that, that i wrote down here is i feel super fortunate because i can't even remember what it's like to not eat a nutrient rich and high protein diet because it's just been such a good habit that I've ingrained. But I'm sure you working with clients, go, taking people from a poor diet to a healthier diet where, and again, I don't always like to use that word healthy, but just more nutrient rich foods, fruits and vegetables, whole grains, protein, stuff that we know we need. I'm sure that you get people that say like, wow, I feel so much better. I'm thinking clearer. I'm not as stressed and anxious. I'm all this stuff that that transcends just your body composition.
1: 100 percent and you know i will say from my experience that typically it just takes time though you know mm-hmm. like yeah i don't i don't know that i've worked with someone who was eating you know just fast food and uh and you know just processed everything and then they just made that switch and it was like night and day like Typically, it's it's taken you know close to a year. So, I would just you know the, the people that have made changes were the people who are already kind of borderline, just needed little tweaks. But you know it takes a long time because think about it, you've done this for so long that it's got there's there's a lot of processing and habit switching that that goes into it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mentioned two of my favorite. Uh, people in the fitness industry being mind pump and Mike Matthews and something they say a lot is you don't always want to tell this to someone who's trying to like begin a fitness journey. But if you're really being the most realistic and pragmatic, it's like, okay, you're going to, you're going to work at this and try to develop strong habits over a year over the course of a few years. And it's not always going to be perfect, but if you can uh, like develop these habits and do these things over a super long period of time and get out of that, typical american mindset of like a month challenge or whatever it is you're going to be set for life at some point
1: yep yep oh gosh cody cody McBroom put out this quote i loved it it was like it was like typically we live to be 80 years or whatever the average lifespan is 80 years uh you know one year of that is whatever percent So you're taking whatever percent that is to struggle, I guess, you know, work hard Mm -hmm. to then change the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Like that's such a tiny, you know, you're taking 1% to change the rest of the the 99%.
0: And again, back to like the hard work dynamic, I think the struggle aspect is, it doesn't mean it's like completely busting your ass, but I think where the struggle comes is it's hard to change habits. If you have constantly eaten fast food or, you know, chronically undereat calories or, you know, go months at a time without working out, it's, it is going to be a struggle to in- get to get ingrained in these, these good habits. But once they're habits, it's easy to go to the gym and eat healthy because it just becomes a part of who you are.
1: Yep. And, and what I try to get across is that once you, once that becomes easy, you've now got all this room to do other cool stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think we're, we're wrapping up on time here. A lot of, a lot of good info. Uh, Is there, is there anything else you want to mention? You want to let people know where they can find you?
1: Yeah. uh, Easy wins Mitch on Instagram and then high def Seattle on Instagram or highdefseattle.com if you want to get in touch with us. But yeah, man. Appreciate it. And uh glad to see you're doing well and, and I'm glad yeah. you're yeah, it's you pretty good to see you.
0: I I'm, I'm curious, I have thought of one other thing. Are you uh watching the NBA playoffs and you're kind of an NBA guy too.
1: Yeah, yeah, my Blazers I thought we we're gonna we we're gonna have it after game one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. You know, mm-hmm. That <laughs>
0: They look, they look strong, but they, they couldn't go up against the Lakers force that is.
1: Yeah, it was – I mean, they had that stretch of, like, five games. I was like, it's going to end soon,
0: but mm-hmm. it's fun. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, have a great rest of your day, and thanks again for coming on. Absolutely, brother. Hey, guys. It's Jake again. I'd like to ask you if you enjoy the podcast to take a quick second and subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps me out. And in addition, it'd be great if you would screenshot and share to your story. I'd love to reshare and have a conversation about what you thought about the podcast.